Hi everyone. So we've been sitting on this episode for about two years now, and there are a couple reasons for that. Uh, the main one being that after we recorded it, Bits Per Second took a little hiatus for a few months. It was a time at which we could just never really find a way to get together to record. Like We couldn't find any times that agreed with us, and this episode just kind of fell by the wayside. Um, the reason we're releasing it now is that our guests for it were Adam Waz and former bit player Dylan Eberly, and they're going to be appearing on an upcoming episode as well, because Adam and Dylan, in addition to Jared and Chris Correa, are the band Doris Duke. And Doris Duke has a new album out. It's called Need, and for those who don't know, Doris Duke also submitted our theme music. Uh, it was very easy to get, since about... 100% of them have been frequent guests of the show. But you should go to dorisduke.bandcamp.com and purchase it. And they are also having a premiere party on Black Friday, that's November the 29th, at Diego's Barrio in Middletown, Rhode Island, for those who are in the area. So, if you are around, you can go see the bit players at 8pm, and then afterward, shoot on over to Diego's for some good music. So, about this episode... Uh, it's very much set in its time. We recorded it on Jared's patio in uh, August of 2017. It was shortly after the Charlottesville riots, so that's why we're talking about Nazis a lot. And I believe, if I remember correctly, it was the day after the counter-protest in Boston at which several dozen alt-writers were met with, oh, like a hundred thousand counter-protesters. Um... So if anything is jarring about the episode, that's, it's because it was a, what is really, a, even though it's the recent past, a very different time. It was a lot darker of a time than it is now for a lot of reasons, so that is probably worth noting. Also, content warning, this episode has a lot of bodily fluids in it. So I can't help but think that the white nationalist march in Charlottesville uh -huh. should have been like today yeah. so you'd have the eclipse so the Nazis <laughs> could complain about how the Jews were blotting out the sun <laughs> wait is that an actual thing like is that a, is that a Nazi thing like they'll blot out the sun no it was in the was just a... bible oh well yeah it was in exodus oh yeah that's right. <laughs> oh uh, I saw some what am I though you can't like you, there's gotta be some kind of like alt-right forum where they're just going to be that, like, oh, the Jews are blood of the sun again. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's got to be like a like a punchline that they're like that they all have a good laugh about, it. like, ho, 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 ho. and like they post Pepe and. <laughs> I don't understand the Pepe thing. Like, he was a cartoon character, right? That like, created they, by someone who's not in the alt right. Like, in the alt right, like who just had his work just trampled on, and now now it's just now it is the symbol. For hate, like, <laughs> like, well, I mean, like, imagine if they'd used Mickey Mouse. They decided like Mickey Mouse is going to be their guy. Well, I think they have made a powerful enemy in Disney. Why? Because D Disney would sue their asses. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they like, like even. I mean, even, even, e most... even though Disney, it, Walt Disney was an anti-Semite. <laughs> yeah, but even the most like far right wackadoos are like, all right, we're going to do this, 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 and like blood and soil. The Jews will not replace us, but. We don't want to piss off Disney because they'll sue us. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, well, if, if if Trump were really 
like really wanted to disavow the alt right, he would sue everybody who uses his name for their purpose. Yeah. Like, if, if, like I could imagine, like if you if you used tried to make money off the Trump name, you would be hit with a cease and desist, you know, before the end of the day. Yeah. But, I wouldn't be surprised if he went after Stephen Colbert. Yeah. And, uh, well, he went after Bill Maher for that's like, true. for when he said when Bill Maher said. Uh, offered him one million dollars to prove that his father was not an orangutan. Yeah, <laughs> and Trump was like, "Here's my birth certificate. Where's my money?" Yeah. <laughs> Bill Maher, the imperfect vessel. Yeah. So, welcome to the Bits per Second podcast. I'm Jared. I'm Jim, and uh, we are coming to you live from my backyard in lovely Newport, Rhode Island, in August. Um, we have a special couple of special guests that will be joining us soon. But uh, right now it's just Jim and I, and we are ready to hang Taking out. Taking your calls. Taking your calls. Uh, uh, on line two, we've got Jerry. Hey, I'm drawing on a walkie-talkie. <laughs> hey, Jared. Hi, Jim. Uh, oh, hey, Jerry. A long-time uh, caller, first-time listener. Uh, so, um, uh, Jerry, uh, what do you uh, what do you have to say about what's been going on in the world lately? A lot of craziness. You know, Look, like, all I'd say is, you know... Uh, this is this is still our fucking city. Uh, they uh, you know the Nazis that come, they want to come and they mess with us. We you know we show them we show them what the what Boston's all about. But I don't know about these all these anti cop people. Is all I'm saying is uh is uh like you know and they come in here and they're like the police uh, the the police and the Nazis are the same thing and I don't like that. So basically, what I'm saying is everybody's equal. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you, Jerry, from the All Lives Matter movement. <laughs> we really should not have people call it. <laughs> no, we, no, we never should. Just, I know. It's can you have people call into a podcast? They, they'd have to know exactly when. Uh, yeah, I know. To call you. We, you. I know they're very good at timing. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna get through a few topics today, and we have a couple friends coming. Like we said, a couple special special guests. Um, they're a little late. They're filling their beer growlers. Um, so you know how that one's going to go. It's taking a long time to fill. Yeah, so um, it's like a slow trickle at the brewery. Um, it's just one leaky faucet. <laughs> <laughs> they put their growlers underneath. Um, so Jim and I are just going to get through a couple topics while we're waiting, and um, soon they'll get here, and then we'll switch gears and uh, hang out with our friends. Yeah. So Jim, our first topic was something I, that's been like hot in my mind, mm-hmm. something like I can't stop thinking about, uh-huh. right? It's now been two years since The Force Awakens was released. Oh, about, yeah. Yeah, right? about. Is it as good as the world thought it was when it came out? Well, I don't know. It depends how, like, it, it, how good did the world think it was? Or, were, or like, was did the, did the world really think it was, like, great, fantastic? Or did were they just saying, oh, my God, it's a Star Wars movie that's that's good. So this is a step. This is a positive step from the from the prequels. Yeah, and that's kind of. I feel like I feel like it's more like that because I don't. Th- I, I didn't. I didn't think it was a great movie. Yeah, but it was good, and I was willing, and I was happy with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's it's. I know that maybe this is a topic because this is a topic that I've been like obsessing about. <laughs> I don't know why, um, but you know, it was basically you had the kind of nightmare of the three prequel movies uh-huh. and then all of a sudden it was like oh this one's 1000% watchable and yeah. there aren't any like vaguely racist um, characters <laughs> I know no, there's no uh, there, there's no Gungans yeah no Gungans no Gungans no Jar Jars 
There's only one Jar Jar here. Yep. And he's right here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I know it's something. It, it's just it's it's funny how we compare. It's like whoever becomes president next. Uh huh. And and I'm not like it's not like a political thing to say that like if the person is like mildly man like mild mannered <laughs> and in temperament, we're all gonna be like, wow, that's the best president we've ever had. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, like that's it'll be the Force Awakens president. It'll be the Force Awakens president. It'll like, be the uh, what's the what's another like what's another lowered expectations example? Like, like imagine <laughs> what it was like being first term FDR. Oh, uh, yeah, something like that. So like the entire country like falls apart, and you're FDR. You come in, you're like nowhere there, to go but up. There's a step up. Uh, I'm trying to think like what oh, like the Men in Black three of. <laughs> Well, presidents. So are we saying that Men in Black 2 wasn't good? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we are saying that. No, Men in Black 2 was the one we... It, they went back in time and he was a postal worker? There's no... Ba- they don't go back in time. But he is the postal worker. Like, they, they restore Tommy Lee Jones' memory. Oh, and he was and he was played... It was like young Tommy Lee Jones was a Josh Brolin. That's in the third one. God damn it. See how... Like, I they're mixing them. Yeah. Well, like, but this is that's the thing because Men in Black Three is not like some terrific, some terrific event in cinema, but okay, it's you know better than mix- the second one. And that <laughs> you know why I'm mixing it up uh-huh. because the the woman that came to give him the galaxy, yeah, like they showed like him as a young agent when he first was there for the crash landing of the flying saucers. Right, right. That's what I'm thinking of. Then. Uh, yeah, but Men in Black Three was when Josh Brolin plays him as a as a young man. So, we're saying that it's the Loaded Weapon 4? Lethal Weapon 4? Le- what did I say? Oh, Loaded could, Weapon. That's yeah, Emilio that could, right? Loaded <laughs> Weapon 1, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, Lethal Weapon... Which one was the one with Joe Pesci? That was there The 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. So then... But 3 was bad, and 3 was... 3 was the less... Three was, was the least And good then 4 was funny, because Chris Rock was also... Yeah. All right, so our very special guests have arrived, and I am incredibly excited. Mm-hmm. I'm posing for a picture right now. Um, so, uh, Dylan, former slash semi-current bit player, I guess we'd call you. Um, I, one, appearing one night only. One night only. Well, I mean, like, if the, like, I don't know, like, if the Smiths got back together and did one show, they'd still be the Smiths, That's right? true. Um, and then Adam Waz, has been on the podcast before, friend of the pod. What up? And he's doing a little panoramic shot here. Got it. I'm just glad that my in it to win it. We're all into all it. All into it. <laughs> I got Sorry, it. you read it upside down. I got, it at, Christ, I got it at a Christian <laughs> revival thing. <laughs> is yeah. that, wait, to win Jesus' love? Yeah. Like, what is <laughs> no, and the best part is <laughs> salvation. <laughs> look, at the back of, look at the back of this t-shirt. <laughs> for, the, for those listening, <laughs> it is, it, it's, the back of Jared's shirt says conformity, and it has the uh, Ghostbusters cross out symbol but it was hand drawn uh, I think that's oh, yeah. a key a key factor is that it's not just like a nice red cross out it's like yeah. a hand drawn because they don't conform to strict <laughs> I mean uh, when I think of religion the last thing I think of is conformity um, yeah so we're very happy to have them on the podcast mm-hmm. um, Dylan for the first time um, and we could just like jump right into it I guess yep 
So, uh, what that Force our, Awakens talk. Off that Force Awakens talk. <laughs> like, uh, so, what's the our, podcast listeners like sense our killing time until they arrive. Like, <laughs> we may just edit that entire conversation. That's fine. I, I'm fine with you editing out my phone call too. <laughs> <laughs> my phone call sketch too. <laughs> so, what is the topic of the day? Is it actually the Force Awakens the movie? No, no, okay, no, no. Because no. I'm going to say a little late. No, no. I, we were just kind of uh, we started off kind of talking about the alt right. Oh, okay. Some of the interesting things, like top of what's going on. And like not trying to be too political about it, but kind of like the the um, the absurdity of the entire situation that's going on right now, um, with you know forty thousand. How many people were arrested? There were forty thousand people. Twenty-seven there, people. Were and arrested. twenty-seven people were arrested. I mean, those like, numbers are fantastic. There's probably twenty-seven people arrested on the Boston Commons every day, <laughs> daily, yeah, for like for public, public urination yeah. and mass yeah. <laughs> and for disorderly conduct, not for anything violent. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean. Like, things that are, like, really... And just, so... I, I, I think of it because I was at the gym yesterday, and on there's, there were two TVs, like, directly in front of me when I was on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. And one was Fox News, and one was MSNBC. And one of them was... So the MSNBC one was obviously, like, the the, the liberal one, and where they said, yeah. were saying, like, peaceful protesting of, like, white nationalist mm-hmm. movement in Boston... And of course, Fox News next door was next, right next to it was like twenty-seven arrested in Boston. Of course, it was. And you get like twenty-seven out of like what percentage of that is like that's I can't even it's less than. I'm good at math, but it's that's point oh one. I, yeah. I, I calculated it. Point oh one percent. Like imagine like so like a normal night in Newport, how many people do you think get arrested outside of bars, like? Uh, more than twenty-seven. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's certainly double digits. I would, I would assume on a de- on a daily basis. And you got to adjust that for population and the fact that you had forty thousand people actively participating. I don't. You do not have forty thousand people actively participating in the bars in Newport on a given night. I mean, yeah. I like to think I make up forty thousand people myself when I walk in the door. <laughs> Well, sorry, guys, we're at capacity, Jared Watson. <laughs> <laughs> we're at 30,000 right now. <laughs> we're about... I'm like, it, it's, oh, right. it's my lack of conformity. I have this incredible, like... Well, that's what I imagine will happen when they condense all the protesters into Mark Wahlberg and make the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Protest. <laughs> just just, we gotta get watch. to the comments. <laughs> it's just like a montage of him making signs with glitter. And like glue. You, have to have him, you have to have him walking to the. I just walking up to the pro to the uh, the the fascists. And then I don't know how we're gonna do this. And then just fucking Optimus Prime. I've got your back, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you have been a friend to the Autobots. <laughs> exactly. We have come to save your planet from the fascists. <laughs> and while we're at it, we're going to take those Antifa guys too because they're irritating. What a Michael Bay! Try. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's Nazi Starscream. <laughs> I don't actually believe in this, but I just want to belong to a group that also is, feels marginalized. <laughs> I would love it if the next thing that, like, the alt-right does as a symbol, instead of, like, Pepe, or instead of, like, whatever nonsense they're using, it's just they start taking the Decepticon symbol. And you see, like, people marching with Decepticon flags. Well, I mean, it's, like, the next in, like, the cartoon bad guy. It's, it's really yeah. not far off. Like, and then, and then Michael Bay sues them all. Oh, God. Or, or Hasbro. 
Hasbro would be. The I ones. assume Hasbro would be the yeah, ones that they're probably the ones who would have the biggest stake in that property. Uh, <laughs> Hasbro's throwing its own convention. Have you seen that? Like yeah. Comic Con? Because yeah, because they were it's like, like Comic Cons are hot. Yeah, and like we've got two of the biggest yeah. Comic Con thing. We got Star Wars. We have My Little Pony. Yeah. Like, might as well make Hasbro a con. Do they but own G.I. Joe as well? They own G.I. Joe, they have Magic the Gathering. Cause oh, shit. They obviously have Transformers, did, yeah. too. Did they, did they officially run BotCon? Because, like, there was, <laughs> there was a... There, there already is a Transformers convention. Like... Oh, but I don't know if it's official or not. Isn't there like a small wing off to the side that's the GoBots booths? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? the cosplay like? Do like, people come dressed as actual cars? Have you seen some of the really cool Transformer costumes? Though? Like, no. legit, like there are people yeah. who build cosplay costumes that they can, like, if they're doing Bumblebee, they can then like get on all forms and have it snipped together as a cardboard car, and then they pop out and then they look awesome. like it's awesome. Like, and I wish I didn't have a job. Like that's like no. all I would do. Yeah, man, that's like that's pure passion. That guy gets home from working at Stop and Shop. He gets home at like seven thirty at night and just stays up till midnight, just pounding that out. But that's why we need a just a guaranteed base income so that you know you work part time at Stop and Shop and then you make art and transformer yeah. shit. And that I is a great leap. <laughs> I like, I like where your brain went there. Like the world would be a better place. Give it yourself some free time. Place. You're not struggling, uh-huh. and like, let's make some art. Let's more make. Let's get weird work. with it. Yeah. It's like, all right, you're guaranteed twenty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. If you want more than that, you have to work for it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then after that, and if you're not making transformer costumes, yeah, then we're that, taking your twenty thousand dollars away. You know that should be that should be work for welfare. Yeah, uh, that's, 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 right. that's your. There's your Clinton Clinton program. I, I love the what idea. What are you of, creating today? <laughs> I love the idea of universal income to like, the idea of the next loser. Like once that happens, like how bad do you have to be to be considered? Like oh look at that guy. Like he can't even survive off twenty grand a year. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, like that's like the next logical step, right? Yeah. Because like, does it cause inflation or does it kind of like not really affect it? Because you're already like have this like weirdly dependent society. Yeah. Where like your Walmart hours are cut if they have to give you health insurance, like. No, you're going to work 38.5 hours this week, so we don't have to give you health insurance. Well, and this, and it does tie into this right-wing sentiment, and, you know, the the hurt and pain is real. Like, yeah. the, you know, and, the, and there is a grain of truth in all of this. It's misplaced when they talk about the death of the, you know, the white genocide. It's not white genocide, man. It's the... It's the working class status symbol, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's your security that you're feeling lost in many cases, and I'm, I'm kind of rambling, but you know, it's the same thing with the. You the obviously col- haven't been on this podcast before because that's really all it is. Is rambling, <laughs> yeah. but like you know, it, it, it's it, the pain and fear you're feeling is real. It's just misplaced, and yeah. unfortunately, I hate to tell you, but the world is just moving in that direction, and you you can yell into the void as much as you want, but that ain't going to change anything and you've we've as I talk about the base income and things like that that's kind of what we're going to have to do like yeah. the coal miners you're losing your jobs because you're losing your jobs to automation and the fact that natural gas and solar and all these other things are that's capitalism yeah and not for so but it's also progress like yes. it's like coal is a thing of the past like yeah, coal, right. coal is a horse and buggy Industry. What, like, and what you're seeing in, in and the fuck is clean coal? It doesn't. Like, it's not <laughs> it's not I mean, I think okay. This like, is this should also be prefaced by we actually have a real geologist here, so this isn't just like a bunch of like, <laughs> a bunch of like liberal cucks sitting around like 
Speak for Complain. yourself. <laughs> I am the cuckiest cucker. <laughs> Some people are into that, okay? Yeah, I just cut like, tattooed across my back. Yeah, just to clarify, uh, yeah, this is Dylan, and I have a PhD in geology from the University of Rhode Island. The glorious University of Rhode Island. Oh, it's a great place. Um, but yeah, clean coal doesn't exist. There is clean er coal, but it is not clean. And the, what you're seeing around the world is, you know, when we some of the arguments against like why we shouldn't curb our CO2 emissions and our methane emissions and, you know, because India and China aren't doing it and all these third world nations are going to have to go through that. They're not. They're jumping straight to clean energy. There is no reason for them to go through the fossil fuels when they can look at... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, but exactly. They they look at it and go... Excuse me, there's a doctor talking. I'm going to (laughs) interrupt him with my opinion on something. Well, they don't have the baggage. (laughs) I'm going to uh, bachelor's degree explain this. Uh. Yeah, if you you live, you know, in a... uh, if you live in a developing African nation, and forgive, I'm not great on my geography on that, and that's just, you know, I don't, so I'm not going to name a name, but why wouldn't you just jump straight to solar or wind? Like in Nigeria. Be, they're probably the most, yeah. like Nigeria, South Africa, they're probably. Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya is pretty advanced, you know, things of that nature. There's just no reason to go through coal. It, it, yeah. A, you may, frankly, not have any coal, but. And extract, think of the extraction costs. Oh. Like, what's the, I mean, okay, let's say that solar only has, like, a minus, let's say like fifteen percent. I'm making up a number. Sure, fifteen percent of like the energy like punch that a, a like. A so, so we'll say that you have you have a hundred hundred percent is meaning full energy demand, and right now solar can get you fifteen percent. Yeah, but think of like what your extraction costs. Like all the people you have to, or people and machines and blood and like toil that it takes. And not the, blood and soil. Not blood, uh, yeah. Blood and toil. <laughs> blood and toil that it takes to, like, get that coal out of the ground, regardless of whether or not you're saying real <laughs> and, miners. In I can't see you playing that rhyming game. When yeah. you, <laughs> well, and you're still subsidizing your fossil fuels, and they're making profits anyway, and yet they're still losing out to the green stuff. So yeah. the... the the competitor is being, you know, the, the green energy has been fighting with an arm tied behind its back for decades, and it's still winning. Yeah. Which yeah. It, so yeah. why are we backing? We're buying our, so instead of buying, you know, our oil from Saudi Arabia, we're buying hydroelectric power from Canada now. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, stupid. Like, like we don't have waterfalls and rivers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as with all of it, there are, nothing is ever going to be completely dead. There will be things that cold is useful. There will always probably be some small extraction. Always be Weber Grills, yeah. yeah. And there will always be, like, shitty kids on Christmas whose parents <laughs> think it's hilarious to give them coal. Yeah, Krampus has <laughs> got to get it from somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I know. That Krampus industrial complex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of supporting this jank-ass Christmas. <laughs> exactly. And it's the idea, too, that, like, a, a, a natural gas fireplace is probably more efficient uh-huh. than yeah, all that. Yeah. But nevertheless, you know what? There's something nice about a birch log on the fire, yeah. like straight up, like that's nice. And like yeah. if you go to wow. the UK, like a peat fire, like that's nice. There's something nice about lighting candles for ambiance, but yeah, we totally. have light bulbs now for utilitarian purposes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, <right>? oh and <laughs> fuck that! I'm sorry to be swearing, but like the whole. Oh, I, welcome to the podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that whole thing about like we mm, started this off six- by talking about how the Jews are blotting out the sun today. <laughs> 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 that, that whole thing about like the 60 watt 
you know, uh, incandescent bulb being replaced by the LED. Don't tell me what to use, dude. Man, we tell you what to do all the time. Yeah. Like, why you? Why, why is light bulbs the thing, the hill you want to die on? Yeah. Who would defend old light bulbs? Anyway, <laughs> they're shitty. They're terrible. And you have to replace. Like, do you remember all how often you had to like replace an I'm incandescent? I'm still replacing light bulb? them because I haven't done. All, I'm like, I'm gradually lazy. as they yeah. go. No, and no, that like, just makes economics. Oh sense. God, damn it! Another one, like. <laughs> But, like, I, I get... Because we got LED bulbs, and they take, like, a minute before they reach the full, like... You know, before they, they reach full illumination. But, like, that's the only thing... That's the only complaint I have. Like, Our fridge light like, went out in two, 2013. Still haven't replaced it. <laughs> yeah. Dark fridge. Dark fridge. <laughs> like, I just don't eat it. Mystery fridge. Or if I do eat it, I have I can't no eat too many sweets if I can't see them. <laughs> That's why those don't go in the fridge. <laughs> those go in the freezer. <laughs> but but yeah. no, it's it's funny, like the things that people choose to like hang their hat on. Exactly. And unfortunately it's it's probably like a lack of knowledge about things too and a lack of understanding of how we get things and who is bringing them to us. Because if like like the president said that, you know, they had created what, seventy thousand coal jobs? <laughs> Yeah, some and, ridiculous number. And like when that. the in actuality, have. that includes like, you know, transport people that are hired, but they also help carry other things in coal. Yeah, like train people yeah. that operate trains. Like it's not just coal stuff. That's a good statistic, though. It's and an excellent statistic. Seventy thousand. It's like forty thousand marchers and twenty-seven assholes. Yeah. Well, and isn't I, I? You know, and and please, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's some. Why the? You know what? When did coal miners become such an important thing? Like, in all seriousness, like you go on Wikipedia, they'll give you an estimate for the num for the number of coal miners in the country as like there, a, a number. There are not that many. No, my understanding is that Arby's employs more people than the coal industry yeah. as far as like just straight up labor. But, and like, and you, coal is actually still better for your body. <laughs> Zing! <Yeah. laughs> Got John Stewart on the pod. I made a real okay, mistake. Brandon. Go ahead. Uh, Arby's at an airport. So whatever the number is of coal miners, you know, I think I, I did the math on it at one point. And again, let's, these are just relative numbers. But the idea that like 0.01% of uh, working people in the United States are coal miners, let's say. zero, And, and meanwhile, it's like 1% of working people are teachers. It's probably higher than that. So yeah. we're talking like a two order of magnitude difference between the two. And even mm -hmm. if it's just a single order of magnitude. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that we're going to go to these extreme lengths to preserve these coal miners' jobs, to subsidize it, to prop this up, and you look at how many people... That's a really interesting statistic. Well, right? Like the I, difference between the teachers and the coal miners. Because like, because like coal, coal mining plays into that like old school America... Mm -hmm. Like yeah. old jobs, and look at look at these pictures of dirty people in the coal mines. That was what America was like back yeah. when it was shitty, you know. And like that, and like idea. well, who uh, you can't like watch like a convention speech where people don't talk about like, well, my uncle the coal miner exactly, and, like, and like it's easier to get sympathy for coal miners than teachers. Like that's crazy, but that's true. It's because teachers get summers off. Yeah, that's the only reason teachers don't get sympathy because they get because we get summers off. They, yeah. And no, no other contracted worker gets gets lambasted for that. Yeah, uh, and you could say like you, any other, you could say any other job. Like, yeah, I get paid fifty thousand dollars a year to work nine months. Like that's <laughs> like, and, and nobody would think twice about yeah, it. But in actuality, like, any decent job, right? Downtime. Like you work eleven months. Yeah. Plus yeah. holidays. Yeah. Like 
So, so I, but I'm not one who says like, you know, oh, we. Like, not that I'm defending the teacher industrial complex. Oh no, no, certainly not. <laughs> no, like you know, I mean, they're all a bunch of cuts. Like, like for those <laughs> for those who don't know, I am a teacher. That's what I do. Um, I didn't and I'm not saying that like, like the go-to defense is uh, is like, well, teachers make it up the rest of the year by working like round the clock, and we do, yeah, basically. But even if like, you know, we we you know, I, if you take our it, like, if we got paid for just the just the nine months, you wouldn't have a problem. Like but that actually brings like, us to our first sponsor. Actually, we got to do a quick commercial break here. Dixon Ticonderoga pencils. Mm, you number know, two, only number two. Number two, like if you show up at your SATs and you don't have a two, at probably three or four Dixon Ticonderoga pencils. And let me tell you, I go to I, yeah, I know because I go to Staples at the beginning of every school year where they got the like one cent school supplies. Oh, there is a difference. Like they oh. sell the they sell the, the, the I mean they sell the Staples brand for I mean not, not to not you know uh, not to uh, besmirch the name of Staples. Uh, the, of the good company of Staples, but their store brand pencils very much, very low, much lower in quality. Oh yeah, compared to Di- Dixon Ticonderoga. Uh, Dixon Ticonderoga are, is the top pencil. I buy yeah. them to. I've I, taken a lot of number standardized tests. You yeah, know? Yeah. constantly. Yep. I mean, with all of your learning difficulties, exactly. Like, you, they, the only been, thing that really helps me through the I, difficult decisions. I took the Miller analogies test <laughs> because I'm too dumb to take the GREs. Uh, and uh, Dixon Ticonderoga number two <laughs> was my choice, <laughs> my pencil of choice. When I showed up to my GREs drunk, <laughs> I had five Dixon Ticonderoga pencils, two of which were sharpened. And <laughs> you brought a knife to whittle them down. And well, I, I was in New Hampshire at the time, so yeah, they don't have pencil sharpeners yet. They either use a knife or they find a local beaver. You went straight from the state liquor store to the test. Yep, and then I bought fireworks on the way home, and then I drove without my seatbelt because that's also not a law in New Hampshire. But you know, like the most important thing that you, you can have in this world is a reliable pencil, um, and. If nine out of ten people that are using a, a Dixon Ticonderoga pencil, according to statistics we that we have, are they go all the way down to the nub? Dixon Ticonderoga number two. Do you remember down the to box the nub that they came in? The, the there was a white box with green font, and then it had yeah. a guy yelling. Yeah, from Fort Ticonderoga. Yeah, and, and oh, that, yeah, I was like that was always so detailed. It was always this detailed like painting of this guy like get your pencils. You know, yeah, because that was like one of a that was a Revolutionary War dude. We should actually have Brandon Aglio on the. He would know more about this. He's a a friend of ours. That's a friend of the pod. That's a a history uh, buff, like the people in Charlottesville. Well, he's a reenactor. No, he's a reenactor. He's like a real time. Like oh, oh, for real. Like he like he stitches his own britches. Yeah. And I'm not making that up. But he's on the good team, so it's cool. Yeah, yeah no, he's, well, a, he's not a goddamn red coat. I don't care what he. Well, I don't care what he plays. But, like, uh, but he's on the good team in real life. My next door neighbor is a um, Civil War reenactor, mm-hmm. or not my current next door neighbor. These are very nice, normal people. Um, but my next door neighbor from growing up, and mm-hmm. Mark is also a normal, nice person. Mm-hmm. But um, he um, is a. He has like a normal job. He works like in like as a, like a computer engineer or something. And then he, on the weekends, he travels all over the country just doing reenactments. So he was in Gods and Generals. Like was he, he in the movie? He got killed in Gods and Generals. 
I was just thinking about that movie because, like, like about how that like Gods and Generals is a movie for people who don't particularly like movies. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, like, like TNT used to have like movies for guys that like movies. Yeah, and Gods and Generals is like it, movies for guys that don't particularly like movies. Well, like, yeah, but that's every everybody I know who's like nuts about that movie is just like really into history and yeah. like, but it's like it's like a four hour movie. Uh, well, it's like uh, a four hour History War. Channel movie. Yeah. And Get, not- Gettysburg, the same thing. But I was just, I was thinking about it in reference to another movie, and I forgot what it is. Like, it's a movie for people who like something else, like well, okay, <laughs> who are so not who are not that into watching movies, but are really into this other thing. Nine out of ten, like Greek and Roman themed movies. Well, kind of, yeah. Like that's another one. We're like, I mean, Gladiator, well, like three hundred yeah. Gladiator. Like, three- yeah, I, I hate both those movies. So I, <laughs> I love both of them, but I was also a classics minor, and I have the Birth of Athena tattooed on my body. Well, yeah. So yeah. I, my parents also Where? spent like a fuck ton of mu- my dick. Um, my parents also spent a fuck ton of money for me to learn Greek and Latin, wow. and nice. like not use it. So actually, that's not true. It makes you like really good at Jeopardy, mm. like etymology stuff. I'm really good at. Yeah, unless it's like an Arabic word, then I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying. There's a current movie. I'm trying to forget, trying to remember what it was. Like there's there's a movie that's like in like in the current. I got, I got, I got baked in the sun for a while. So you got, like, a good Do you want some gun. sunscreen? Uh, we got sunscreen for men. Yeah, that's for <laughs> men. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. It's for men only. Sunscreen. Oh, banana boat. Yeah, it smells like it came. Hold out on, of I got to take off my pants. Smells <laughs> <laughs> like it came out of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I love for men stuff because it's like just regular soap with shit that makes it smell like musk. Yeah. It's like, hey, this makes you smell like you just came on a deer. Right? Like, like you came on a deer. You get, like, like I, I don't know what men do! Right? Like, <laughs> the thing is, it's like, I actually would love, oh my god, I bet there is a video somewhere of some redneck guy shooting a deer <laughs> and walking over it and just jacking yes. off. Yeah. I know there's a word for that. <laughs> Probably, what, Urban Dictionary, I bet there's a thing. Uh, <laughs> kill. I would. <laughs> Crowning the kill. I would, but this is my wife's computer, so... That's a thing now. Like, that's do it. Leave it open. Just do it. Leave it open. Leave, it. Leave, it open. <laughs> Leave the Google search open. Shooting a deer, then coming up, of course. Like, <laughs> Stephanie, why are you familiar with crowning? <laughs> oh, I do want to. I do want to. I wanted to comment now that I have you guys here. Uh, Tim told me about the like the rose. Oh, the rose. <laughs> that is fantastic. Like Tim and told I, me, like about the like like just doing the pull. Like when you yeah, see you someone, that? no. Uh, well, who has rosé on tap? What bar? I can't is remember. It, he told me. Is it, it the vineyards that has it, or is it uh, that they have rosé on tap? And so, like, anytime someone says something that sounds like it comes from someone who drinks rosé a lot, like you just go <laughs> like that. <laughs> pretty basic. So the, the motion he's making is like like you're pulling down a tap. You're pulling yeah. a tap. Um, and I, did he tell you I got him at his own game? Yeah, <laughs> the other day. Uh, where, like, I forgot who he was talking to. I forgot if it was Tyler at uh, Caleb and Rod or somebody there. Uh, he's like, Oh, you still go to power yoga? Does Terry work there? (laughs) (laughs) The quote was, Yeah, does Terry still work there? And Jim is like, (laughs) (laughs) Terry is the most power yoga name. (laughs) (laughs) Is Terry still work there? (laughs) So, um, Grabbing from a, a couple, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a deep dive. Back to easy D. 
So, uh, <laughs> so grabbing from a couple sources on the internet. So these are these are very rough numbers. Um, but basically, when wait, I, wait, 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 is this coal mining? Yes, or crowning? Um, <laughs> uh, oh shit! Well, actually, the, the Vice documentary on crowning is coming out in two weeks. <laughs> Vice News! Crowning! Oh you, see, you see, a good, a good crown is being ready before the kill. <laughs> it's oddly the same <laughs> cast as the Charlottesville. That's <laughs> <laughs> the same cast? Well, well, the cast appearances <laughs> <the, laughs> from the Duck Dynasty guys. <laughs> you, you gotta ha- be halfway there. Like, you almost are edging, but you gotta be, like, halfway you there. Bank you bank You bank it. And then bam! Because you got a crown on it while it's still warm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> now we uh, we live in a county where like you can get Please on don't a waiting use my list. Last name. <laughs> we live in a county where you can get on a waiting list. So if you hit it, like like if someone hits a deer with their car, you can run over. <laughs> <laughs> you get a text? No, every most towns have like East Providence has it. Like well, Portsmouth yeah. has it. Well, no, just... no, I know because I hit a deer once and they had to offer it to me, but. Uh, you, to your first kiss of the year. Well, since you technically killed the deer, you may crown it. This is the most cut conversation. Because, like, real men would know already that you get first kiss I just love the year. idea of, of, the, of the state trooper. Uh, you gonna crown that? Uh, no, I waved my crowning right. Alright. motion ready to go? And the state trooper's like, alright. <laughs> I mean, if you ain't gonna... This right. this dare ain't gonna crown itself. <laughs> and he just hands you his phone, Instagram this shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're yes, Lawrence. No, Snapchatting it to the other teacher. <laughs> no, but you've got your seven year old kid in the back, and he so he hands the kid the comfort teddy bear because he's just been in a traumatic event. <laughs> <laughs> and then <on> steps. <laughs> uh, oh man. Um, bits per second podcast. So some just very rough numbers, but uh, if you you could say about one hundred and sixty thousand, if you use a very loose definition of involved in coal mining, uh, seventy thousand is a number directly in coal mining. Uh, meanwhile, we've got around three million a hundred thousand teachers in the United States is a rough number mm. um, and you know around 320 million people so if you run that out 0.02 percent of the United States population are coal miners one mm-hmm. percent of the United States population is teachers mm. um, so that's a two order of magnitude difference wow. yeah. between them why are we talking about coal miners so much and and because it is an emotional touchstone that represents a larger thing that is happening in the United States, yeah. which is just blue collar. But it is a symbol, and yeah. this, and and I know well, it for what it is. And why aren't we supporting the teachers? But that it feels way? like I think it goes down to tangibility. I think, which is what like I think is a big part of the reason Trump won. Um, that coal miners are doing like just a physically dirty job that has a product. So it's like a micro and, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same with farmers, although, like, farmers are way more useful. You <laughs> um, don't have to um, be lonely. Um, Farmersonly.com. <laughs> also, Jesus. not just for farmers, if you're any kind of pig, you can find booty there. Really? Yeah. yeah. Just that a tiny bit. That's legend. like their, that's their new want. thing. I, yeah. But, yeah. Thanks, like, it, yeah. euphemisms 101. <laughs> um, but I think, well, like, 
at the time when, you know, Hillary Clinton was offering, like, fairly um, theoretical things. like But Trump. not her emails. No. <laughs> Uh, like, like you know, free college. You know, building on you building on Obamacare. Obamacare. Oh. Uh, and but but Trump was saying we're going to build a wall. Like this, he, that yeah, is a physical a that is a physical thing that I can see. And like knowing how people talk about teachers, there's always like I feel like in the equation in their head, there's like one step that is magic. Yes. Uh, so it's kind of like it's not as tangible right as saying like we went into a mine and we pulled this thing yeah so but also if you think about it like a teacher is kind of like your most classic american like white collar job kind of in a way yeah, okay, I, but and the I, fact that yeah. like, you need to go to school, but like it's you need paid extra like school. a blue collar job. Yeah, well, like, but it's, it's paid like no, a blue collar job, and it is a blue collar. I mean, it is blue it's collar played job, like a yeah. no collar job. Yeah. Is yeah. What it's, it's actually paid. well, I mean, I work in Massachusetts. We pay the pay. pay, pay, pay but, but you know like, what? <laughs> not to hijack your thought here, but I think what it ties into at some level is like, um, I'm just everybody's not thoughts. So. Everybody has interacted with a teacher at some point, right? That's the nature of teacher. If you have a child or you were a child, you yeah. interacted with a teacher. Yeah. I hope. Unless you're homeschooled. <laughs> hashtag bit, bit players joke. <laughs> yeah. um, but, and so you have likely interacted with a bad teacher at some point in time, mm-hmm. right? But unless you work in the coal industry directly, you have not interacted with a bad coal worker. You have not interacted. So there is a deification of that hard work and labor of that job, right? Like there's Goddamn a little... canary. Yeah. <laughs> Still but, alive. <laughs> you know, you're perf- there is like this... Uh, you can see how you can put it on a pedestal in a way for a lot of people because it's the beautiful oh, yeah. construction worker. It's yep. the beautiful this. Because mm-hmm. you haven't been on a construction site. Yeah. You know? And... Uh, I think that maybe ties into it. Whereas, yeah, there are some terrible teachers who take advantage of the summer break. Sure, in the same way that I can find an anecdotal example of a true welfare queen. No one is saying that it doesn't exist, but statistically, it is irrelevant. It does not matter. It it does, you know, it's the exception that proves the rule. But the problem is, I think we have a... There's a... uh, This idea of this line that everyone is in, Right. And you keep feeling like you keep getting pushed to the back of the line and that there are cutters in line. And the idea that a teacher gets three months off and has these benefits and all these kind of things, you get upset, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's it's definitely human. Um, I Again, rambling a little bit, but like... But if you're a contractor, like let's say you're a plumber, you work like job by job, like that's the same deal. Like you, yeah. don't, get, you don't get paid for the jobs you're not doing, but yeah. like you might you might get paid enough that you get to take some time off. So think about it this way. So insurance agencies, doctor's offices, Mm -hmm. places like everyone has to interact with, right? They're only open eight to four during the week. There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Because we all like to complain that like, well, why aren't you open like decent hours? Like, but everyone makes it worse work. So enough people are able to make that work in the middle of the day that they don't have to change their hours. Like, imagine if, like, Walmart was only open 8 to 4. Yeah. Like, it would be like a coup. Yeah. But enough people have enough free time during their day or can make it based on their work schedule yeah. that they can make that work. So, like, that's the thing that, like, people don't take into consideration. It's just, like, well, teachers, like, well, they're, they're out of work by 3. It's like, yeah, but 
Well, we're you, in work at 7. Though. You're in yeah, work at 7. What time do you get to work? Or like, <laughs> and I, I'm grading papers, and I'm planning my next lesson, and all mm-hmm. these other things that I don't... That I, you know, and I'm salaried, so that's all built into it. But you know, yeah, but it, it, it's it's it, I, I hate that idea of like that you constantly need to be doing something to validate your existence. Yeah, yeah. because like the the idea of like like just in general, like if somebody created something four times a year, mm-hmm. I think it's still valid. Yeah. of their job, they don't have to create something every day. Yeah. You, you 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 have you, in in like you know as a a creative uh, person who works primarily in the summer. Like, mm-hmm. my winters are kind of bullshit. Yeah. And, like, they're depressing and they're terrible for me. Yeah. But, like, I don't, I wouldn't need extra, like, pressure from someone to saying, like, why aren't you creating? Why aren't you yeah. doing anything during this downtime? And you're like, well, oh, because I made so many things in the summer. Yeah. Like, isn't that enough? You know, isn't, isn't that enough that I worked really hard during the school year? Yeah. Like, it, why, why should I not enjoy time off? Because, like, my, my performance is still there. Yeah, like well, it's no different. And what's funny about that, you know, you as a photographer or as a teacher having these down periods, you know, you might get flack for that. We don't give an Alaskan crab crab fisherman flack for the fact that he works he works a season and makes enough money to (laughs) live semi comfortably in a southern town the other nine months of the year. Yep. You we go out. You on a fishing boat. You go out for six. Why months. aren't we giving him crap? Like, right. <laughs> we should like, give them more crap. <laughs> I feel like everyone should get an equal amount of crap. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely a, a very poor distribution of crap in this country. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because like, if you walk into a bar at any time during the day, right? There's people there. There's people there. What are those people doing? They're those not people losers. Have jobs. They're not. They're not degenerates. There are people like you and me who are like, well, I don't I know, where I grew off. up. Where I grew up, it's a toss up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes and no. Like, and that's like, and like, there's, you know, you could look at me as like, oh, well, he's in a bar on on Tuesday at 11 a.m. He's a degenerate, but it's like, well, I had Tuesday off, and but honestly, I worked Saturday Sunday. I worked Saturday Sunday. Tuesday is my Saturday. Or my Maybe Sunday. Maybe I work nights, and the afternoons are my evenings. Well, it's yeah, an inability for people to understand what other people do. Yeah. yeah. And like to not police, don't police that. Don't yeah, worry, worry about, about your. That. Yeah, worry yeah. about yourself. And yeah. are you? Because if you're happy and healthy, why are you worrying about what someone else is doing? And that's that's the whole idea of like, you know, the welfare. You know, you're taking my, you're taking my tax dollars. Yeah, percentage wise, probably not, man. They're they're taking no. they're taking. You're something. buying. You're building bombers. Like, yeah, that's where your money's going. Like yeah. your and, money. And like it will. So I have like a weird pers- kind of like in between perspective of that being like being a state employee yeah so everyone's just like oh well you don't really work here a state employee i was like i do um, i just have an employer that makes sure that i get a lunch break yeah so i have like some time in the middle of the day to like recharge and sometimes i work through it and sometimes i don't but like they're always they're always like don't worry jared you want to take your lunch break it's like like that's like a thing that like should be available for me to like not eat at my desk every time like and sometimes I'm fine, like working through my desk, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. But like it's it's a very different. It's almost like if the better your job is, the more jealous people are, and they get upset. Yeah. So like people talk about like life at Facebook and Google, like having them hauling all this shit. Like they've got the best of the best of the best of computer programmers working at Facebook and Google. And like it's not like. They've earned the right to work there and have these benefits. Yeah. Well, and what's sorry? I, I had to pause for a second. No, you're fine. Um, I got lost. And I'm just jumping on that tangent. Like a thing that's very interesting to me is the American worker is still 
the most productive worker in the world, is my understanding. Overproductive. Overproductive. Well, I'm well the Germans. The Germans are like... Well, but it all depends on your metric. When it, when it, <laughs> no, but seriously. We... It depends. We, we, the American worker produces more on average than anyone else. I saw a film called Gung Ho that tells me differently. Yeah, <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, the point I'm trying to make is... I was told by my grandfather not to trust the Japanese or the Germans. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is that, in general, the American worker is a very productive worker mm-hmm. by the yeah. total product yes. that they produce. But yes. from an efficiency standpoint, they are not. No. no. We don't... So the problem is we work longer and we work harder, but we don't work efficiently. And so yeah, right. we might work 10 hours, and yes, we produce more, but the German worker who only worked 8 hours proportionally did better. So there's a yeah. limited return on investment. And so... And that ties into the idea of these Norwegian countries and European countries that, of course, it gets bashed uh, in this rhetorical way by the other side. We don't want to become Europe. I don't know, man. I don't want to become everything that Europe is. Uh, But there are some things about that aren't so bad where you have the four weeks space vacation. Who is upset about that? Like, I'd like to smell better than the Neil McDonough in a Cadillac ad. Yeah. Like, yeah, who's upset about that at face value? Why is that a bad thing? To have more no. vacation? Like, yeah. Who's against that? It shouldn't be. I, who would I, be against four you, weeks you vacation? You have to be super, like, brainwashed by right-wing media to, to like, oppose more vacation. No. Yeah. But no. Because it's not... There's always someone... Because well, that has it like, slightly like, better than you. That is your enemy. It's yeah. not like they've it's said, like we're wrong. We're, people get mad at the wrong. They've trained, yeah, exactly. They're fighting they've, over they've, crumbs. They've trained of, us to, uh, to like when you see someone that has something, and that by they, they like, you mean the cucks. Oh yeah, of course. Okay, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, you know the ones who, the ones who voted for Ted Cruz. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know they've trained us to. When, like, when we see someone who has something that we don't, probably get right take it away from them rather than try to get it yourself. Like, yeah, and, and the um, so I mean, I, I looked at a couple jobs at, at certain times in like uh, some of the Scandinavian countries. You know, we were the only way that you can really get there is an academic, realistically, because in those university type settings, the fact that you don't speak, you know, the native language is fine because they all operate in English. Yeah. And, um, it's not going to happen for me, but it's a fun fantasy. But the idea, you're reading some of these contracts, right? You would clean up on European chicks. Oh, God, yeah. They, they, <laughs> dude, as long as I'm, like, north of Italy, yeah. pretty much, well, and not France, but in any of those countries, I walk in there, everyone assumes that I am that. When I was in, uh, when I was in Switzerland, you know, I walked up to a kiosk to, like, because uh, I couldn't find my departure gate. The guy starts speaking to me in uh, in. Uh, well, it would be French, I believe, at that point, because uh, Swiss isn't a language. Um, and it'd be like, Pizza teaches. Mm. Well, because in Switzerland, you might get German, you might get French, and in like, weird areas, you might get Italian, depending on where you are. But in you know, in Zurich, you're probably going to get French. Yeah. Um, but uh, And if I'm wrong on that, excuse my ing- ignorance. But basically, my response is, uh, can we do this in English? And dude, oh yeah, totally, no problem. I just, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's as soon as you hear the word "totally," you know you're in a comfortable situation. Well, I went to, uh, I just went to Montreal, uh, my wife and I for our uh, belated honeymoon. But uh, and most most people there, like by the look of us, are just like, eh, they're they're American. <laughs> um, but uh, you look like you have substandard healthcare. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. But they defaulted to French. But the minute we answered them in English, they're like, All right. like. Or when okay. you tried to do it in broke, we were in Montreal in May. Yeah, and we did the same. Like we tried to like oh, do it in like broken French, 
I see. And we didn't even we didn't try to do that because we didn't want to embarrass ourselves. So, like, so we're just like, look, we know everybody here speaks English, so like, <laughs> I so, Stephanie <laughs> speaks like poor French, yeah, and I'm like good at Latin, mm-hmm. so I would be like really good at reading things, and Stephanie would be good at like speaking mm. them. When I was in uh, when I was in uh, in uh, the Netherlands, uh, I did spend like a couple weeks learning some Dutch, and but pretty much what would just happen would be. They would talk to me in Dutch. I would say my phrase in Dutch, which is, hey, uh, hello, uh, I don't speak very good Dutch. And then the conversation proceeds in English. Well, yeah. they speak four languages. Oh, my God, yeah. To speak yeah. Four yeah. Languages my, uh, my neighbor across the street, um, Guinness, but his real name is Gais, or it's like G-I-G-S. He's a, actually a big fan of the bit players, comes uh, a lot, oh, nice. friend of the pub. Nice. Um, so Guinness, well, Guinness is his name. Because people can't say his real name, um, but his like big like European family came. They all spoke like five languages, which and they like practice on each other. It's just like and then, but it, it, it's you not like when an Ameri- you're a kid, it's, it's not even like an American because you go to Mexico, they all speak English and Spanish. You go to Canada, like this, like that famous scene in, in like that famous scene in um, Canadian Bacon when Ken Aykroyd comes, yes. and they're like things are covered in graffiti. And he's holding up a can of spray paint. He's like, en français. So all the insults they've put across the machinery, they have to spray paint again in French. Oh, it's a wonderful scene. And, and, and it just speaks to, like, you know, whether Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, Bel- well, Belgium, good Lord, you, have, you pretty much have to learn three languages yeah. for that country to function. But they all just... Most I blame the Germans for that. <laughs> most of those countries all just said, hey, guess what? From kindergarten, you were learning English. Kindergarten. Kindergarten, you are learning English because that is the language that Europe does business in. Yeah, and and also, and and, and foreign language class is another thing on top of that. So if right. you didn't want to learn French or Spanish or something like that, cool. But you are learning English. Right. And if we're being really honest in the United States, why isn't it Spanish? It like, should be. And it's because it's xenophobia. It's this idea. Instead, we do these weird immersion things when kids are young. Uh, Matt, I, correct, you can correct me along. Obviously, your thing, Jim, is going to be more on the pulse of that in the yeah. current system. But like, I can remember doing like in like weird elementary schools, like half a year of French and half a year of Spanish, which results in me learning half a year of nothing. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. I, I, well, I did that when I was like, a kid. I don't know. Real. I don't know how they do it in like elementary grades now. But I, um, but like I know that we are encouraged now, like when we have. Uh, non-English speaking students come in uh, we're encouraged now to like not to encourage them to uh, uh, to disown their former language like like, like it's really like, like it's a, a big part of it is building on what they uh, you know making them bilingual and not just English oh. it used to be it used to be kind of hey stop speaking that speak English now oh I mean but, I can speak to that I mm-hmm. mean uh, I mean uh, you all know her I mean my my ex girlfriend uh, mm-hmm. Q I mean her whole thing is she was Chinese and she emigrated when she was a toddler from mm-hmm. China to Germany mm-hmm. and her family all said you know forget Chinese you need to learn German uh-huh. so she did that and then her mother was accosted by a neo-Nazi on a train and uh-huh. threatened with a knife and from that moment forward uh, we tried to get out of Germany and ended up in Hawaii mm-hmm. so she ends up in Hawaii now as like a 7 year old and is told forget German, you need to learn English, mm-hmm. but then ends up as a teenager and then a college student with this f- screwed up identity mm-hmm. because you look Chinese, but you don't speak Chinese. Your German's better than your Chinese, but you also forgot that. Mm-hmm. And just this whole screwed up 
yeah. identity, and because that was the old school way. You come to America, you know. Even my dad talks about it with his uh, grandparents. You know, mm-hmm. they all spoke German, but you know the kids didn't mm-hmm. because no, you're American. Learn yeah. English. Yeah, that's what, that's why. Really, it no one in my family speaks up. Portuguese anymore. It's yep. because they were Same. Like, no, we're in English. We're, we speak English. It's like embarrassing to speak Portuguese. Yeah. And what and what a tr- and what a tragedy at some level, yeah. you know. And, and at the time, of course, that's what you did because that was the culture of everyone it. wanted to be American. It wasn't that hold on to your identity to make it part of you. It was like, no, fuck that. Like, I don't. I want to be part of this. New you get thing. your last name. That's it. Yeah. And even then, like, a lot of them didn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm so it's like, oh, I'm Greek. My name is Smith. That's not. I'm like <laughs> deeply angry about the fact that I don't speak another language fluently. Like it yeah, pisses no, me, me off, and I've made some attempts, but they're it's really hard to tr- later in life yeah. to try and pick up a language. Yeah. Like, I was always jealous of kids that spoke Portuguese at home because I was that, like, my family's just as Portuguese as your family. Like we do the same shit, but like my family is not into that. That brings us to our next sponsor, uh-huh. Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone. <laughs> Are you in your mid thirties? And can only learn one language so far because of like the cultural assimilation that your grandparents <laughs> foisted upon you. Rosetta Stone. Are you just a lonely man who uh, you know it, it <laughs> cannot find a, a life partner? So you have to go abroad to search. Speak you going abroad for abroad? Broaden your horizons. <laughs> Did you spend three months learning Dutch to go to Amsterdam to realize that everyone speaks better English than you do as a native English speaker, <laughs> and that your efforts just confused matters and made people uncomfortable? Rosetta Stone. <laughs> I do have to get going, guys. Jim. It was a pleasure. Adam. Jerry. Waz. See you later, bud. See you, dude. Thank Thanks you for coming. Here. So, uh, that's the cool I, I traveled with Waz. My car is still at Correa's. Oh, yeah, at some point in time. Someone could give Dylan cool. a ride. Do you have everything out of my car? I think Just that bag, right? Yeah, that was it. We left the base and all that stuff. Cool, cool. Sorry about that. But I don't care, man. This is fun. Cool, cool. We're going to keep Waz's departure in. This is the most important part of the podcast. Yep. Gracie, get away from the fucking compost bin. <laughs> We're going to deal with this. You guys discuss. Yeah, well, our next topic, uh, stained. Do do they hold up? Oh, Lord. (laughs) Um, No, next topic. Um, (laughs) I will... No. Does stained hold up? No. Does mud shovel hold up as a song? Yes. Yeah, yes, it does. Generally, the first album, I think, is is pretty unimpeachable. Like but, uh, same with Limp Bizkit, like I think they're like like their early stuff with it, which is more hardcore and less like fanboy rap. Like, oh, they were they were that first album. They're weird in a wonderful way, and yeah. not everything hits. But I respect you for trying. Yeah, uh, and everything after that is just kind of kind of pathetic. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, and on that same wavelength of those kind of bands, like um, you know, I will fight for. I mean, Corn. Uh, not everything they did holds up in retrospect, but at the same time, being a weird band taking risks, yeah. like awesome. But after. Um, what is, the last one was issues, right? And there's yeah. issues. It starts to go downhill, but there's still good tracks on that. But I cashed out after issues. I did too. I, yeah. I was like, all right, I was, I'm done. Uh, I, I, I was like, I. There were a lot of people who cashed out right when that album came out, mm-hmm. cause, like because it was something different from what came before it. But I liked it. But anything they did after that kind of exactly didn't, didn't do it for me. Corn, uh, Jared. <laughs> so I like the first album. Um, I like what's the one with the mirror. Life is peachy. Life is peachy is okay. I mean, they're fun to listen to. Um, 
I think going back and listening, like those first three albums are like, like surprisingly. What's the third decent. one? Follow the leader. Is yeah, follow the leader. leader. Yeah, and that was fun. So I was never like a big Corn fan. They were, I, but they were a band that I could like listen to, and I, I liked um, Jonathan Davis. Davis. Davis's first band, HIV. Mm. Um, not first, but like his old band. So I respect. I've always respected what they do. Um, now though, like it's like oh, the like, new wa- stuff. I don't care. But about. not even that. Like watching, like I, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole and ended up watching <laughs> like a, a corn live show, and watching them, like sing, like songs that are like obviously about like, um, these high school kids. I feel like corn avoided becoming a juggalo band, mm. but mm. barely. Yeah, that's true. That's what, yeah. what I'm kind of getting at. Well, it's interesting. Like, I, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole at one point, and like, I it was the first Family Values tour, and seeing like the, and looking at it and listening to the music because they they ended their show with "All in the Family" that yeah. song, right? So it's a collaboration in which like Fred Durst, yeah, it's Fred Durst and Jonathan Davis trading vocals, but on stage you've got Corn, you've got Limp Bizkit. And this is like 1998 versions of all these bands. You've got Orgy on stage. You've got Ice. Ooh, yeah. Cube, you've got Ice Cube on stage. I think Rammstein was on that tour. I think so. Yeah. You know, uh, this whole cacophony of people, and like, there's like five guys playing guitar, and you know, it's. In, in one hand, I'm like, this is really cool, but objectively, this music is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, eighth grade me was, you know, coming in his pants about how awesome this was. <laughs> like, and and I think that, like... But were you coming on a deer? Yeah, right? <laughs> I was crowning. We were crowning. Uh, you know what's unfortunate? Well, I'm not going to go there. With crowning can also mean turtling, um, which is a whole different thing. Like, turtling. Turtling like, is, yeah. Like, yeah. Just like, Turtles poop. The prairie right? dogging. Yeah, prairie, yeah, prairie dogging. Exactly. Yeah. That's my only concern. No, crowning <laughs> is, like, when a baby's coming out. Yeah, that, you're, yeah. that actually is the technical term. You're right. Oh, yes. Um, as a gynecologist, <laughs> as a, I, I know. As a back alley gynecologist, <laughs> <laughs> there may be a market for that. Actually, oh, <laughs> um, but what's interesting about like, you know, like Fieldley gets a lot of shit as being a bass player because he down tuned to infinity. Everything just sounds like clicks and clacks. But you know what? It was a sound, and you remember it. And uh, the guitar work of Monkey and Head is really awesome like that, that the intro on blind i mean is just it's fun to play and the two guys like it's like that whole thing like um so like whether or not you the genre as a whole held up that's not corn's fault they were the fact that people followed them in a direction like i don't know they were they were noteworthy. They deserve their place. Um, not everything they do holds up, but uh, they just they deserve their place in the history of rock and roll. You know, and yeah, I mean, and, and there's something to be said for doing something different and weird. Like even if I don't get it, like there's plenty of bands that I, and not to say I don't get corn, but like there's plenty of bands that you can appreciate for what they did when you just don't like them that much. Oh. Like I've, I've been trying to like the Velvet Underground since I was 15 years old. Like I, I just, have too, and it's nothing against the Velvet Underground. I've just never gotten it. Like it just never. 
and and I think and even more so, I think with that is, I know that you're musically smart enough that you get what people like about it, but that doesn't mean that you it speaks to you. Yeah, like I get why people like you too. I don't like you too. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, I, I, I get why. Like, it, and it's not because it's bad. It's I mean because there's a difference between like bad and you know there are textures. I just don't like it, and that's why like I don't hold. So like one of my. One of my favorite bands is the Blood Brothers. I don't hold it against anybody who does not like the Blood Brothers. It is an aggressive, intentionally dissonant sound. Acquired sour. Exactly. And so, like, the whole point of it is that it is a, it is a niche. And so, how can I get upset if you don't get it? Like, yeah. that's fine. Because it's... That's not who they're marketing to. No. No, they're, they're marketing to their... It's like the entire grindcore thing. Exactly. They're marketing to a very specific... And she's over there. I'll just cut out my goddamn. No, it's right. And I, I think it's so hard with music because, like, the unfortunate like reaction to things, like, well, that sucks. Well, why does it suck? Yeah. Is it suck because it's like boring and derivative? Because that's a fine answer. Yeah. Or does it suck because you don't like it? Like, that's a completely different situation. Oh, completely. And like, um, oh, I'm hesitant to mention a band name. Um. I, I saw a band open, so a band I really really like a band that I really like right now that's well worth checking out is Roswell Kid uh, I've warmed up to them a lot I saw them open for some bands I think they put on a great show and and props to any band coming out of West Virginia that's been able to make it yeah uh, really right um, they're super cool but they had a band open up for them and um, oh whatever the band is called Great Grandpa um, and I They've got a female vocalist, and, like, I was paying very close attention, like, excited for it, and then I... Do I need to restart? Nope. And then I started listening to it, and unfortunately, it... there was, The vocals were kind of just a, a high-pitched drone, and the instrumentation wasn't very interesting, and I just... And, and I... At some level, like, I gave you a... It, it wasn't for me, and I didn't like it, and it became very tough to be that guy who's like, I want to applaud because you're out there doing your art, but at the same time I am not enjoying your art. So what do I do with that? Because I, I, I that's the, that's a weird place to be. And, yeah. and so I'm not going to boo, because I respect anyone who's going to get up on stage and give it a try, <laughs> but also objectively I didn't like what you were doing. And I got <laughs> bored. Um, and I, I hate to hate on a band, and I, I don't even think I'm hating it just it didn't work for me and so like that's an interesting place I guess to hop into the, uh, as you know general as people who love the arts and love people trying and experimenting what do you do when something fails when somebody is not good but they are earnestly trying and you want to respect the effort but at the same time you want to respect yourself at some level and say but I didn't like that yeah I don't know so there's a thought. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, yeah, I, I know exactly. I, what you mean. I mean, I've been to like, I, I've got a lot of theater friends that I've been to plenty of shows of theirs that I like. Just like, well, yeah, that didn't that didn't work. There have only been two shows where I have not been able to find something complimentary to say, mm-hmm. and Frank was in both of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but he understands. <laughs> and he knows which ones too. Um, he also doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah. So. 
Um, so we're actually finally to the point, mercifully, to the point where uh, Quit Your Bitsin, where we Quit all talk about bitsin. one thing that we are, is stuck in our craw that we can't stop thinking about. Um, something that's bugging us. Oh, um... And uh, we already covered Pepe. We already covered Pepe. So that we already covered uh, Force Awakens as the uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and crowning. So I'll start, I guess, because right, yeah. I have one. Yeah. Um, Airbnbs, where I benefit, society stuff suffers. Ah, yeah. So um, we um, a bunch of people in my neighborhood have sort of renting out their houses as Airbnbs. Yeah, and there's nothing in there. But and I have an entire. Island. You can't help but notice tourists. Uh huh. It's the easiest thing. It's like, oh, that guy's, that guy and his family of six are all wearing matching shirts walking down the street. <laughs> They're not from here. And like to right. be fair, like I spend a lot of time looking at people's windows and observing people. Right. Um, so I know who lives here and who doesn't. Um, so actually, a big thing on Broadway in Newport right now is a lot of the landlords closed up their apartments mm. to, like, year-round residents um, and are just renting them out as B&Bs now. Mm. So I feel like that that's a thing that will eventually fade because it's just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are just not going to pay what they'll pay for an apartment. Like, if you're going to pay for an Airbnb, you would like it to be nicer than your apartment or equally nice. But... um just something that, fr- you know, it's a little frustrating, like, seeing, like, your neighborhood turn into, like, a place that people don't actually live in. There's no community. Mm-hmm. It exactly. starts to die. Yeah. yeah. So, that's well, my bits. And Airbnb. Well, I, I, well, the only thing I'll say that is I, I, I appreciate your optimism, and I hope it works out. <laughs> I, I'm nervous on that because, you know, a... a you know, if you do the math on some of the prices, right, if you take... You say that it's, you know, a 900... We'll just do it on a room. You know, say it's a nine hundred a month room, right? You break that out by the day versus what a tourist is willing to pay for a hotel room by the day, yeah. right? Uh, you get, you can maybe get ha- coverage on that for half the month, and you may make more than you would have with someone paying that fee for the entirety of the month. Sure, but your upkeep fee is going to be so much more. There's truth to that, and I well, mean, there's also how, there's housekeeping. I mean, because most most landlords aren't going to do their own housekeeping, especially if they have multiple properties. Um, so it sounds like what you're what you're banking on is that there's going to be a bubble that's going to pop at some point with with the Airbnbs, Boom. and I and I think that is a reasonable prediction. Mm. It's just like anything with real estate; it's like you're gonna people are just going to start running into Bnbs. People that are going that, that are trying to make Airbnbs a quick buck thing instead of like a stay in my home for a week. I'm not going to be here. And you know what may happen with that with the Airbnb too, and I wonder is that there's probably going to be. I wonder if it's going to be like a uh, a U dipped as far as like what people are looking for, in that they will either be the people who are looking for the extremely cheap a place to just sleep, like first, a hostel type situation, and those who are looking for a true bed and breakfast type experience. And I yeah. wonder if there'll be a gap in the middle that is not filled, and that's where your renter pops in yeah. as far as the price. And also, like, yeah. fact, fact of the matter is, yeah, you're selling these places um, in the summer. What happens in the winter? That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Still have to heat them. The pipes will freeze. That's true. So, so what are you bitsing about, Jim? Uh, I'm bitsing about, like, uh, 
people taking comedy as something other than what comedy is supposed to be. Oh, um, the Kathy Griffin thing. Well, that too. Like, oh, but, but <laughs> I'm on it. Tina Fey. But I'm on it because of Tina Fey yeah. this week because like she came. I didn't even watch the sketch yet, but she was on Weekend Update. Uh, did and did like performed a sketch the gist of which was just ignore Nazis, stay home and eat cake. Like, don't give them the attention. Uh, Very provoked, Marie Antoinette. But. Well, yeah, but which pr- provoked the most like insane response from like from people like, how can you say that? How can you like like you, you, like I can you say we should just ignore what's happening and this fucking to, satire? To which, yeah, well, like I could say, it, but don't look to comedy. Don't look to comedy bits. You can look to comedy. Don't look to like comedy, like a single comedy bit for your call to action. Well, and if like, any, and if anything, on that, like the idea that that is art yeah. that made a statement that made you uncomfortable, and your response to it was, "No, we need to get out in the street and march." Maybe that was the intent of the bit. But yeah. even if it wasn't the intent, maybe that's the result. And like, maybe cake's just good. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but like, I didn't. But but the thing is, I. I don't know, like, I mean, I haven't, you know, I, 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 I'm not confident in this connection yet, but I'm pretty sure there's something sexist about it, because, like, earlier in the week, Jimmy Kimmel was saying, let's make Trump the king of America, as a, uh, like, as a way to get him out of office, (laughs) Uh, and I didn't see anybody, like, anybody averse to that, mm because they knew it was a comedy bit, like, they didn't take it in the way that like, like they took like people took that in the way it was supposed to be taken. That's interesting, like, and and the other thing with it too is it speaks to a caution that John Stewart was saying a lot as mm-hmm. he was tapping out of the Daily Show. Yeah, which was to, he seemed to constantly remind people. Could have waited like, one more year, <laughs> right? But he constantly kept reminding people, this is a comedy show first and foremost. It's that's yeah. I'm flattered that you get your news from the Daily Show. But we're not news, and yeah. I just want to remind you of that. Yeah. That we ha- our goal is to make you laugh first and foremost, and I think that kind of ties into what you're saying, Jim, mm-hmm. which is that comedy is designed to make you think. But it, it, the best comedy makes you think. But sometimes mm-hmm. comedy is just a fart joke. Like it, yeah. it's just funny, and like, or and maybe it's, it's supposed to make you think, but not about the thing it's directly like not not about the thing it's directly saying. Exactly, and so don't get up and off. Yeah, and so with that in mind, like, why why are you pissed at the comedian? Yeah, like, that, that's so misplaced. Yeah, yeah, I'm on I'm on Team Jim here. Yeah, or Team <laughs> Tina, I guess. So what are you bitching about, J- uh, Dylan? Jillian? Jillian? Uh, Jillian? <laughs> you know, I had some Jillian like, Dylan Hall. I had some. I, I guess I had, the thing that popped in my mind. I had some nice conversations with Adam earlier uh, before we left, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, so I'm not going to. But the idea of um, intolerant, tolerant people and I think this ties in a little bit into what some of the complaints on the right have you know, with this alt-right stuff and it's important to acknowledge that in many of these situations there's a grain of truth in some things that people say mm-hmm. uh, and so we shouldn't and with the idea with that being that like somebody posts something on social media right, and maybe it's a touch offensive uh, and but, but and there's an appropriate reaction which is to give the benefit of the doubt and say hey, heads up, that kind of comes off like this. Maybe you want to reconsider that. And if that person decides not to take your advice or not hear what you're saying, well, okay, then that's on them. Mm -hmm. But to then actively ostracize that person and go out of your way to exclude them and be mean to them, 
you're not being tolerant. You are actively doing the thing that you are supposedly against. That's borderline fascism. Exactly. That's where Antifa meets fascism. Exactly. And so there is a false equivalency in in the uh, the size of these movements and what they're about. But nevertheless, don't bury your head in the sand. There's a grain of truth to it, and it's okay to be introspective. And it's okay to be introspective to look at something and say, no, this is fine. We're okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. But at the same exercise, you look at it and you go, hmm, there are some parts to this that I don't particularly care for. Um, yeah, I think your brother posted something that I thought was made a good point, which about the, uh, the uh, Jared's brother, about the Boston rallies and how some of the speakers brought up uh, some issues in their talk that was not the issue at hand. But because they had a crowd of 40,000 people, they kind of draped that issue on the crowd as something that they were there supporting, which may or may not have been what that person was supporting. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling. But I guess uh, it's important throughout all of this as we fight against something that is very, very worth fighting against to do stop and check your intentions and make sure as we out you know, as we out racists who were at these rallies and say, hey, do you know who this dude is? There's a level with that which is appropriate, which is free speech is free speech. You are out there. Um, but maybe we don't post their addresses. Right. And, and let people know that they have an outdoor cat. You know? Like, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there are lines here that, uh, because you do, you, you feed the bear. I think, I think it's perfectly reasonable. So, you know, the, po- the, the posts that have been going around is like, do you know this guy? Where does he work? Blah, 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 blah. I would like his employer to know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah. Like, just like I would like my employer to know that if I was like at an anti-hate rally. Yep. Yeah. Be like, hey, they, what, he stands up for people. Yeah. Or like if this, they saw, but I mean, that there's also like, yeah, your right to privacy is violated when you assemble. Like it's yep. gone. Like you, you, you've given up for, and, and, and there's you've given up for, for one. Yeah, like, and there's a difference. And two in some... And I think that that's, you, you make a good point about that, because you have actively chosen to do a public display of the thing you, you stand for. I would be upset, for example, if, you know, if someone was at a gay bar and someone decided to contact your employer about, did you know that so-and-so was at the gay bar? Yeah. You know, that's not cool. And, and I guess on a similar level, if a dude is minding his own business at his, you know, biker bar or yeah. whatever, eh, he's minding his own business at biker bar. I don't necessarily love what goes on at... You know, biker bars. A lot but, of crowning. A lot of crowning, <laughs> yes. Um, but there is something different when you are making a public display where your right to privacy is no longer... Yeah. You, you, you've you waived it. Yeah. And, no, it, and that's an interesting... Um, that's an interesting s- space to explore as a thought experiment. And, and I'm not... I want to be clear that I'm not making a stance or a statement on where the line is, but it's an interesting thought experiment. Cool. All right, so that was a Bits Per Second podcast for today. And uh, we, you can catch us every Friday and Saturday night at the Firehouse Theater in Newport, Rhode Island for the summer. We are also doing Monday and Wednesday shows, Monday at 8, Wednesday at 7. I'm Jared. I'm Jim. I'm Dylan. And bye. That's the best I can do.